0: In the very beginning, there was nothing. God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And bam, there was light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said quietly and gently, let there be light. God works in miraculous different ways. He hears us, he sees us. Sometimes it's a bam and an explosion and fire. I love that part of it. And sometimes it's a gentle whisper, but it's always let there be light. And the Spirit of God hovers over us, I think, uh, in ways that sometimes we have no idea about. I hope over this weekend we get some sense of how the Spirit of God is hovering and desperate to create light and life and vitality uh, and everything and in all its richness. So I'm I'm delighted to sort of introduce um, the weekend. It's a real pleasure. And and I'm going to start with the end in mind, in fact, that by the end of this conversation, I'm going to invite everybody to respond. There's just no reason not to uh, this morning. Absolutely none, because we're going to ask that God fills us afresh, renewed, fills us again, whatever language you want to use, that he fills us with his Spirit. Again, a fresh, a new, whatever it might be, first time, thousandth time, it doesn't matter. As his people, we can be filled. There's no reason not to be. Um, So prepare yourselves for that when we come. I'll ask everybody to come forward for prayer. So um, I'd like you to just get one word in your mind as we just introduce this idea of being filled with the Spirit of God, and that's dwell. We'll look at dwell in a variety of ways this morning, Um, and I'm going to try to use a few ideas, including um, ideas about hula hoops, um, a client or two that I'm spending some time with, a few little stories, um, some Bible passages, and a couple of other things as well. That's my aim. Um, So we'll see how far we get with this. Um, First idea, let's just start with hula hoops. So um, yesterday, I ate a packet of hula hoops. Oh, my life is so exciting. That, that's, that's my diary entry for yesterday. Today, I ate hula hoops. So hula hoops, um, we got hula hoops in our cupboard, as I'm sure many uh, people with children do. We've got like a snack cupboard. If you've got a snack cupboard at home, we've got a snack cupboard. It's full of mostly hula hoop snacks and stuff that go and pack lunches. So fancy some hula hoops, open them up, had a little. Now, how should hula hoops sound when you eat them? Yeah, no, not these. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how long they've been in our cupboard, uh, but there's not much crunchiness to the hula hoop. I did eat the packet nevertheless, I was that hungry. Um, but uh, it, was, it was like, oh, distinctly disappointing and somewhat moldy. How on earth does that connect with the idea of the Spirit of God hovering over our lives? Uh, well, There's something like this in this talk I hope to try to convey, that uh, God doesn't want us to be moldy Christians. You know, He doesn't want us to be out-of-date, moldy, old, crusty Christians. He wants us to be crunchy, hula-hoop, crunchy Christians. There's a thought you didn't expect to hear. Without God's Spirit at work in our lives, we get stale. We need his spirit in our lives. and Right from the beginning of the story of the people of God, um, just think about Moses and the desert experience. They had a Shekinah glorious cloud and a pillar of fire, and that still wasn't enough to, com- to stop them complaining, whinging, and getting it wrong. You think, if I got out of bed and there was a pillar of fire of God in my garden, I'm kind of going to believe, you think, right? And as I'm going about my day, there's a Shekinah glory cloud, you know, as I'd imagined it, or maybe whispering, either way. Um, You think, I'm going to believe, wouldn't you? I'm going to work. There's a Shekinah cloud up here. I'm going to believe. That's not how it works, you know. We're just not like that. We need the power of God within us, dwelling within us, to prevent us becoming stale old, crusty old hula hoops, remain crunchy, (laughs) Uh, Crunchy Hulu. We need the power of God always. Be filled, he asks us, as we'll explore a little bit and keep being filled. Be filled every day. Be filled every minute of every day, if that's what it takes. Come for a weekend and be filled. Go home and be filled. Wake up tomorrow and be filled. Uh, Get out of bed in a month's time and be filled, but be filled nevertheless, because otherwise we're going to get stale. And the power of God, Spirit of God hovering around I think um, another idea for you this morning is that you're all artists this morning. fact, we're all artists. Uh, some of you are actual, literal artists. Um, I, I love artists and artistic people. Um, but in fact, we're made in God's image, right? Happy with that concept. don't need to repeat too much. Um, God is an artist right at the beginning, as I've just um, just said. Um, he sees the formless and by his power creates art. Uh, we're all art. The world is art. Uh, and in the same way, he asks us by his power to be artists. We are creative. Let there be light, he says, as do we. That's what he's asking of us. We're all artists. Um, now, as best you can, maybe through a mask, take in a little deep breath, if you can. Hold it. Hold it. I'm having fun. Exhale. Right? That's the We are called to inspire. Uh, the root of the word inspire is to breathe life into. Uh, we, that's what inspiration is. Um, inspiring, inspiration is breathing life into and we're all called to breathe life into. I'm going to propose we cannot do that if we're not full of the Spirit of God, that we're breathing not life. Uh, we're breathing nothing really. Uh, I'd say we're impotent without the power of God in our lives. We are, with him, we are inspiring, breathing life into, um, being creative. We're turning what perhaps is formless and messy into something that is creative and wonderful. Um, we are called to renew, to return people to him, uh, to repair uh, to bring people back to him, to reimagine things that are in a mess. Uh, I love this little moment in time with um, COP22 in Glasgow, where we're sort of observing how the world is in a bit of a mess. Uh, with thanks to most of our, um, most of sort of human behaviour, we've messed stuff up. Um, what, one of the enduring images for me in this whole debate about climate change is, um, is I think it's an iron mining uh, site in Romania where the water's gone from crystal blue to this sort of murky gray yellow red um, complete mess in this in this what would have been a lovely lake that's kind of what we're doing now we can choose to observe that and complain about it or we can choose to reimagine it and repair it and to return it and to um, renew it that's what COP 26 has been all about Chris, you know we're no different God asks us to look at the mess that perhaps we might have made. And he says, by his power, I'm calling you to renew that stuff, to repair it, to return it, to reimagine it. And as Chrissy might hopefully help us understand later this weekend, to repurpose this stuff. And, you know, we can't do that on our own. He doesn't ask us to do it on our own. He says it's his power within. And Joel 2.28 uh, it says this, um, that uh, in, this is an Old Testament prophecy titled, The Day of the Lord, um, where God says through his prophets, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, even on my servants, uh, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. Um, and what uh, the prophets speaking at a time where uh, the only people at the time that seemingly had the Spirit of God, it was a sort of occasional and momentary, like a chap called Bezalel, um, who was commissioned to essentially um, creatively design the inner workings of the temple. He's a brilliant artist, brilliant, brilliant artist, but full of the Spirit of God. Uh, as the Holy Spirit came in the, in the days of Pentecost and Acts, as he poured out his spirit on all people um, after he'd been resurrected as Jesus did this thing basically is saying you're all like Bezalel I poured out your spirit on all people to be creative maybe literally creative maybe but certainly renewing the world in which we live renewing our communities renewing people restoring and renewing ourselves for that reason, no longer defined to a person or two in a moment or two uh, it 's spread everywhere to all people, um, even servants would you believe, in other words, not just the priests, anyone and everyone uh, can and should be filled with the holy spirit. A slight little idea for those of you that quite enjoy the occasional sort of theological idea i 'll drop a little little drop in here, which is this: I just wonder um, as we start to come into christmas you 've got that idea of um, The Temple of Temples, um, and you'll remember John the Baptist's father, went into the Holy of Holies and came out and couldn't speak, if you remember that part of the story. Um, And in fact, Jesus is providing a distinctly different comparison. The only place to meet God at that point was in a box, in a room. Can you imagine if we said, right, now you're going to meet God, Um, upstairs, turn left, uh, through that little room in there, and knock on the door, and there's God. So that's kind of in a slightly more religious way, kind of how the people of God worked. God lived in this room around the Ark of the Covenant. And the, whole, the only person in the whole of the community that could go in there once a year was a high priest. Once a year. That's how, the, that's how one of the Christmas stories starts. Um, and Jesus, well, you know, he ends his, the whole gospel story is crescendo with him kind of where? You have Easter and he's where? He's in his own little room. It's called a tomb. And I just wonder right there if there's a comparison. He's saying, look, God in a box, God in a box. In fact, now I'm opening the tomb, opening the whole thing to the whole wide world. Um, Out of the tomb comes access, um, connection with him. He's making it, making us all holy. Um, How many times do you have conversations with people in your day-to-day about the spiritual life and being spiritual we've sort of lost this idea that we're more than just the flesh and bones and the 70 years or so that we get to live on this planet. We've come, we've come very kind of material. Uh, we have this fairly secular material environment in which we're in, uh, which is a relatively new thing. We are spiritual creatures. We can think, I hope you can think, we have heartbeats that beat physically, but we have motives that motivate us, Um, and we are spiritual creatures, thankfully. There's more to life than just this. I'm preaching to the converted here about this. There's more to life than just this. Um, If we're not careful, we're in danger of forgetting that we're spiritual creatures. Because in fact, there is more. And in fact, what God says to us is, don't just be spiritual creatures, be holy spiritual creatures. Be full of the Holy Spirit, not the unholy spirits, if you like. That our lives can and should be centred on holiness. Something that until Jesus was impossible almost to achieve, but since Jesus is. some a couple of ideas, and then we'll look at the two actual points I wanted to make. Um, (laughs) First is this, have you read your Bible and just thought, I'm getting nowhere with this? Uh, I and mean, when I've had times, I'm just reading it like, ah, it's getting, I'm getting nowhere. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we hear God's words in his word. Um, if you've had times when you're praying and you, you think, oh, this is nothing here, um, and other times when you have, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we pray in the Spirit, that we pray and connect with God. Um, sometimes in worship, there's no sense of worship. It could just be singing a great song. In fact, you can sing with gusto and not be filled with the Spirit about it. There are plenty, I'm sure, of people that sing brilliantly well, but there's no great spiritual meaning. It's the power of the Spirit. It's God at work in us that connects us truly to worship. And in fact, so our whole lives. If we're just going through our lives in a mundane kind of way, with no sense of purpose or direction, um, we're missing something of the power and Spirit of God in our lives. It's tragic in our community, I think, that there are thousands and thousands and worldwide millions of people who kind of just go through the motions without any sense of the power of God at work in their lives. It doesn't mean to say spirit-filled people can't wheel into their jobs with a song and a dance and donuts. They might. That would be my approach to life. Um, But it does mean that we don't just grind through pointlessly. Without the Spirit of God, we get nowhere. Uh, What did Jesus do in his ministry? Well, what what are some of the things he he did? You can yell out if you like. What did he do? What do you observe in the Gospels? He loved people. He loved people, he loved people. yeah. He healed people. Fed, people. fed people. He fed people, yeah. Challenged people. Mm-hmm. Brought words of knowledge to people. He rescued people. He healed. He cast out demons. He did lots of different things that you know all know. I know you know these things. And do you know what he says to us? He said, that, that's for you too. Because by, the, by this power of God in you, by the power of the Holy Spirit in, he asks us to do and uh, enjoy all of those sorts of things. Think about art. Let's go back to art. Can you, can you think of some, an artist who, that you really enjoy? They needn't be a painter. It could be an architect. It could be um, an, a songwriter. It could be an author. What makes them great for you? That's rhetorical. Just imagine something artistic. Um, great art starts with very little. I haven't finished. I'm just getting a pen. (laughs) Some of the best books I've written have started with that. Not this literal pen. A pen. That's it. There's nothing in there more than ink. Um, And this is what God, by the power of his spirit, does. He takes the ink in a pen and turns it into art. turns it into poetry. He turns it into an amazing book. Uh, he turns a bit of a splodge of paint into the most amazing piece of inspirational art you've ever seen. He takes um, the key of C and turns it into an um, an opera, if it's that. Uh, and without his spirit at work, we're just ink in a pen, or we're just C C C C C C, <laughs> or a mouldy hula hoop. It's by his power at work that we come properly alive. He turns fear to faith, the disciples, as you know, were fearful in the room, without the power of God being poured out on them, um, they would not have been faithful. Um, a small little example from my own life, and there are moments in spiritual battle uh, where, without the Holy Spirit at work in my life i 'm not quite sure where I would have been. Uh, a particular gift of tongues for me has been particularly important as we 're as we've gone through some moments in time, I can remember sort of not being able to wake up in the middle of some sort of midnight battle or so, and the only place I could go was tongues. That's the only way to get through the night, because there's a battle going on. And sometimes tongues has been worship. i I've just been singing in worship in words I don't understand completely, but I know it's got to work in my life in some way, shape, or form. He's graciously currently giving me some new words. Can I learn that in school? No can i go and do a course in which words are tongues words no Uh, i'd love to be able to if i'm honest because i'd like to know the theory there is no theory it's a gift of the spirit where would we be without some of these things i'll read a few of the gifts in a moment and there's more than just those that are listed Uh, without god at work we do not function nor survive genuinely and authentically as his people we can do church brilliantly without the spirit of god like, brilliantly. You can do church fabulously. We can run hundred food banks and be fantastic at church, but we'll be poor, impoverished, I'll say impotent, as his people. It's the power of God at work in our lives that turns fear into faith, that turns an unspiritual life into spiritual, holy spiritual, and turns the impotent to potent, in other words, having an impact. I still haven't got to my two points, and it's 22 past 11. I don't mind. Um, (laughs) One Corinthians chapter 12. Again, a good, strong classic verse on the spiritual gifts and I I won't go too much into the context but Paul was preaching into a very lively spirit-filled church uh, that was led mostly by men who were mostly quite enthusiastic and could convey from the pulpit or equivalent um, inspirational talks. There were many of them, quite manly place and lots of tongues, lots of words, lots of words being said and lots of energy and and from the outside potentially look quite good. Uh, And Paul here says, into that context, um, now about spiritual gifts, people, uh, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, in other words, the way the Spirit works, might look a bit different. It's there for the common good, but the things look a little bit different. Here are some of the things. I'm paraphrasing, Laura. This is driving you crazy, isn't it? I'm sorry. Here are some of the things. To one there is given through the Spirit of God the message of wisdom. Do you need wisdom in your life? I need wisdom. I wake up sometimes and I think, "Oh, Oh my goodness, dear Lord, give me wisdom for this day ahead. I've got this coming, I've got that coming, I've got that random person in my diary. God, I need wisdom today. Dear Lord, give me wisdom. And do you know what he says? What does he say? He says, yes, he says, yes, he says, yes, I'll give you wisdom for your day. He doesn't, you know, sometimes I think we think, God, I need your wisdom. Um, Well, let me just see if I've got wisdom in my cupboard of of gifts today. And I'll open the cupboard, oh, sorry, a bit short of wisdom today. I'm going to close the cupboard. I'm sorry, you can't have any. That is not how God works. We have no apology for the paraphrase. If we're not careful, we assume he's limited in the stuff that he gives us. He is not limited. This you know but sometimes we don't know. God, give me wisdom. Uh, sometimes he gives us wisdom for the moment. Sometimes, you know, he gives individual people the gift of wisdom in the same way that he gives the gift of tongues. i love some of you to have the gift of wisdom because I need you desperately in my life. I need you desperately in my life. This morning, Lord, please pour out your gift of wisdom on whomever is to receive your gift of wisdom because we need you. For some, it's a gift of wisdom. To another, through the same Spirit, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. What's the difference between wisdom and knowledge is a debate you can have over lunch. Uh, but knowledge, for me, goes something like this. I'm reading this passage. What's going on in here? God, I need to understand what you've got It you've got to say. Slightly different, perhaps, to a wisdom for a moment. But it's the power of the Spirit who unlocks our minds. Um, I met somebody once who knew the Bible better than anybody I know. And he was a staunch atheist. I think that's tragic. He'd missed the Spirit of God at work in the Word of God. In fact, I'd argue he was probably uh, dabbling elsewhere. It's the Spirit of God that opens his Bible. And the most illiterate person can understand God's words better than people who are literate but not spirit-filled. That's a clumsy sentence. You don't need to read words well to understand what God's written. Sometimes the most intellectual people miss the Spirit of God. It's, it's a sad thing. Uh, to, another, to another faith by the same Spirit. God, give me faith. Um, do we not need more faith? Yes, of course we need more faith. Mutter, mutter, English, English. Uh, there was a moment in my life where um, I was um, quite, I think, late teens from memory. Um, I just sort of had this little mental tussle. God, what, if, why did you have to die on the cross in the way that you died on the cross we're celebrating easter in our usual patterns uh, and the, as good as they are i'm like well here come the same songs we're doing the same sort of thing we're probably gonna have communion yeah and communion in the list yeah and, and then we'll do all these we'll do all these things they're definitely going to be easter eggs always i'm sure that's in the bible easter eggs um chocolate why? Why you are God? Why didn't you just go? Why didn't you just say click and it's done or something else? Why? Why did it have to be this horrendous, horrific moment in time? What? Why? Like just why? I don't really get it. I can see some of the history. I can oh, I can see Revelation. I see, but a why? And I sort of had this six months-ish of tussle with this whole why this why the cross like this why an execution in the way it had to be Um, and he he gently nudged me to say just pray for this gift of faith it just is right you need faith to believe Um, and I do distinctly remember a moment It was a moment in time for me where it was like a gift received out of his cupboard of gifts of oh, faith. I have no question. I'm very comfortable, very settled now. In fact, you'll be pleased to know uh, in the whole idea of death and resurrection and so on. Why? I don't know why, but I believe it is. So, there, it's gift of faith. If you're tussling and struggling and wondering why, oh, why? Oh, God, I need your gift of faith. Please give me the gift of faith. So, it gives us a gift of faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Our healing is awesome. Simon's going to talk to us more about healing. Um, it's awesome and can be a real mental challenge for us. Uh, to another, miraculous powers. Uh, we don't see much of that, do we? Uh, what's the difference between miraculous powers and healing? Because they're seemingly different, differently expressed here. Uh, another lunchtime discussion for you. Um, it was signs of the kingdom. The early apostles were doing miraculous signs and wonders as well. Wouldn't that be great? Um, we seem to scientifically get these away. So another, prophecy. Yeah, they're around. to another prophecy, um, knowing where God is going. Uh, I have a personal view that if you're in leadership in a church, you need the gift of prophecy. You need to know where God is going and what he's saying to his people. Um, And in fact, in my own thoughts some years ago now about whether to join the leadership team here at the time, I said, God, I will join the team. You've got to give me this gift of prophecy. I'm not prepared. I'm not willing. I don't want to do this without the gift of prophecy because I need to know what you're thinking, Please gracious Lord and friend, Um, gift of prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits. In other words, is this a Holy Spirit thing, or is this an evil spirit thing, or something in between? Is there anything in between? Don't know. Distinguishing what's really going on, understanding what's going on behind the scenes. Even Satan, apparently, can be dressed as an angel of light, says later in the, the, um, Paul writes later on to the Ephesians. Uh, How do I know that what's presented to me is holy or not? What a tussle sometimes that is. I sometimes don't know. We need a gift of discernment. uh, Discerning between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Um, Interpretation of tongues, we see in that sort of spiritual gift kind of way. I also think, by the way, little PS, that's called good communication as well. Uh, Sometimes interpreting what people are trying to say to us is a gift. And, And I don't mean literal language, I just mean... Men and women, that's a gift. Um, God, what's Rachel trying to actually say to me? I don't understand. Um, well, I'll give you the gift fill of interpretation. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit of God, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. I'd love you this morning, as we're responding in some way, shape, or form, um, that Look, not to, to be filled with the Spirit, yes, and somewhere in your mind to be filled with a spiritual gift if you can, if you're willing, something of this sort of order. God, what is it that you have for me out of your store cupboard of gifts? Your massive room of gifts. In fact, I don't think it's a store cupboard. I imagine dwelling with God like this. Hooray, two points, half past 11. Two points with, around the word dwell to come. Being filled with the Spirit is first, I think, first and foremost, about dwelling with God, dwelling with Jesus, dwelling in his presence, being with him, in his company. Yes, there are gifts, but first and foremost, it's about being with. And we can't be with God unless he makes us holy. Again, happy with that premise, happy to discuss separately another time, but this was the whole Old Testament problem. It can't be in God's presence Moses was absolutely completely unique in that he met with God his face was then shining physically shining um, as a, a one quite unique person who kind of got close to God's presence it was rare um, and our, the whole premise of our faith now is that we can enter his presence freely because Jesus has made that way for us he's he has made us holy well he made, he makes us holy by the power of his spirit First and foremost, this is about dwelling, first and foremost. There might be a doing, but first it's about dwelling. Imagine the Garden of Eden right at the start. I just love I do. You know I do. I love this picture of God in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve having a chat, and I just imagine them lazing around under various fruit trees, probably not apple trees, um, just having a chat about the creation, and look at that rhinoceros over there. God, what have you done there? That's a bit weird and random. Have a chat. How are you getting on with Eve? Yeah, she's wonderful. Uh, how are you getting on with Adam? Well, he's really good, apart from these little things. You know, just a chat, dwelling, conversation, enjoying company. This being filled with the Spirit enables us to dwell. I, I, you know, I think we miss this. It enables us to go deeper with Him, if you want that kind of quite classic, cliche Christian phrase. It's called dwelling with Him, spending time with Him, inviting Him to speak to us we're not tools you know we're children of God he fills us with his spirit to dwell I think it's really difficult to be faithful as his people without the dwelling time dwelling with him that's the story of the whole Bible there's thousands of years of history in here Um, those that didn't dwell well left and Some of our friends, slightly sadly, are struggling with this word called apathy at the minute. Um, just some of our peers and friends like, Oh, I don't know about God anymore, mm, I'm not sure how I feel about God. God, a bit like that, I'm slightly paraphrasing. That's kind of where they're at. It's really sad. And I think, well, what they need is the power of God at work. To be filled with the Spirit, come to the Spirit. If they were here, come forward and be prayed for. Because, in fact, we're all at risk of apathy if we're not careful. Thousands of years of Christian journey, if you like, is loaded with apathy if we 're not constantly seeking that dwelling with god well we 're going to become apathetic unless we 're extremely rare. Dwell, be filled to dwell, avoid this thing called apathy. I want to spend time with you, God, be filled. Uh, the second thing about being uh, about dwelling. Uh, is in fact God living in us without repeating too much about the temple of God. We are now his temple and he gives us his power. And I just love this idea that he takes the little bit of ink and multiplies it into a wonderful poem, or um, he takes a bit of paint and turns it into an amazing Rembrandt or Picasso or whatever is your preferred choice and he takes these words I hope and turns them into something that's multiplied not in terms of length of talk uh, but in terms of something that actually hopefully hits your hearts and hits your minds and that's what he does I love it he takes a couple of fish and that in fact have been carried for two or three days and a few I presume slightly stale loaves and turns it into a feast for 5,000 people it's what he does love it love it Um, by his power if we let him in Uh, The church in Laodicea that's referenced in uh, Revelation is that idea of, you know, that hot-cold idea, isn't it? Um, And that's where the words to that church was this, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and lets me in, I will what? Uh, Dwell with them and eat with them and spend time with them. That's what he does. He comes in. I think he asks us to spend time with him. And then he... um, flings out and open and up his art really how do we know if it's authentic art how do we know what sort of um artist god is well we know don't we he's he's loving joyful patient kind generous self-controlled love joy peaceful I've missed a couple, but you know where I'm going. In Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the almost like the outworking, the impact of his indwelling. That's the artist that he's asking us to be. If it's not that, it's not him. If we are gossiping, that is not the sort of art he asks of us, is it? That's not Holy Spirit at work. He dwells within. Let's not be hula hoops. That are out of date. It's a bit crunchy. Um, let's dwell with him. My last story uh, before I ask you to come forward for, um, for prayer is this that um, I do have the pleasure of meeting quite a few people. Um, it's, it's my pleasure, probably not theirs. I meet quite a few people in a week, and uh, one, one person I met this week who lives in, uh, in, in the UK. Um, we do a little bit of psychometric surveys, so I get, I get an insight into people's personalities before we meet. Uh, and this chap on paper looked tricky. Let's just use that euphemism, tricky. Very intelligent, tricky character. Um, and as we were just discussing his reports and results, um, I just felt this word dwell was really important for him. And I said, like, what? when do you stop working and arguing and taking people to court? And when do you just dwell with the people that you enjoy the most in your life? And he looked at me like I was some kind of fool, which does happen frequently. Um, He said, actually, I never do. I never do. And there began a bit of a story about how his wife is an artist. And um, she'd recently exhibited in a gallery. And he said, you know, all I was doing was getting people to try to buy the art and avoiding conversation. In other words, not dwelling with. Um, He has a twenty, mid-twenties-year-old daughter who suffers from anorexia quite severely. And all he's been doing is trying to take various medical places to court um, and argue, but he's not spent time with her. He's not dwelt with her. And missed, I think, something of the preciousness of relationship with the people that love him the most. Um, If we are not filled with the Spirit and constantly being filled, you know, that's kind of how our lives can go. We miss the dwelling, the dwelling with God and the indwelling of God. Be filled, he says. Be baptized if you prefer the Word. Uh, It's not a one-time thing, though. It's this idea of constant filling, constant renewing, constant refreshing, just constant God at work in our lives. um, So that he dwells and we dwell with him.